talking to her about gig economy. So for my listeners who don't know, this is a podcast where I talk about tech and how it's disrupting the norms and inclusion and diversity. But today it's all about tech. So what is gig economy? Gig economy is an environment in which temporary positions are common and organizations contract with independent workers for short-term engagements. We'll get into the benefits and you know the challenges of this environment later on. First, let's welcome our guest Seema. Seema, thank you for hosting me in this lovely inspirational hood of yours. This is beautiful. And thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thanks, Mamta. I'm so excited to be spending time with you this evening to talk to you about this. Awesome. Uh, Seema, there is so much I want to talk to you about. But honestly, I want to start with learning a little bit about you, who you are, what your interests are. So tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Sure. So I am uh, born and raised in the Bay Area. Um, my parents came from India in the 1960s. And then I have two other siblings, older siblings as well. Um, and we grew up with kind of having a balance of spending a lot of time outdoors, um, camping trips and things like that growing up. And that's been a huge part of my life even today. So I spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, I'm also very involved in dancing. So I spend, that was something that my mom kind of shared with me growing up and all of, all of the kids. Um, so I've kind of continued that, that. And so I dance and choreograph even today in the Bay Area, um, which I think we're gonna be talking a little bit more in detail about today. Um, and then I also am a consultant. Um, and so I've kind of got all of these different parts of my life and try to find ways to find that beautiful intersection where they all come together. Seema, I wanna say you are too humble. So for my listeners, let me do a little bit more justice on your introduction. Um, so Seema is not just a choreographer, but she is a choreographer who has a production company. So go check out Create Productions if you haven't already. I'm pretty sure she's already done like thousands and thousands of, of you know, choreographies uh, when it comes to dancing. Because I, as I understand it, you've been dancing since age six. Is that right? That, that is correct. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's not all. Uh, she also has worked with some very reputed Indian Bollywood uh, celebrities, to name a few. Amitabh Bachchan, Abhishek Bachchan, you probably know them already, even if you're not from India. Uh, but some of the other well-reputed Indian actors like Preeti Sinta, Akshay Kumar, Saif Ali Khan, and I probably can just go on and go on and on. So I'll stop there. She also uh, has produced three short films, if I understand that correctly. Uh, they're named Released, The Survivors, and Dumpling. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> oh my god um she is also doing full-time like education so she's currently in school and studying along with everything else that i mentioned yeah. <laughs> uh and then of course like she mentioned you know she is working uh in a consulting capacity but you know pretty pretty much full-time just like anyone of uh, us does out there um so that is a lot that you do Seema. that is just phenomenal um, so yeah, you, your introduction was too humble, so I needed to make sure people knew I should, that. I should bring you out more and you can do my introductions for me. I, I, yeah, that should be my full-time job, you know? <laughs> 
So Seema, there are so many places I can start with, but I wanted to start with dancing. Uh, many years back, you made a decision to take a pause in your corporate life and join Bollywood. And for our listeners, Bollywood is uh, very much like gig economy. You know, you have to drive your career, figure out your projects, all of, you know, all of that stuff that comes with gig economy. So walk us through the emotional decision of going from corporate to Bollywood and what did that, what did that mean for you? So I grew up, uh, that's a good question, I grew up uh, dancing, so my uh, kind of going back, my mom uh, taught dancing and kind of danced all the way through childhood and college, um, and then even post-college um, was dancing with a group, and had kind of these two lives where I would have this consulting life during the day, and then in the evenings and weekends would have rehearsals and performances, um, and was kind of getting felt stuck a little bit, um, sitting behind a desk and in front of a computer all day long, and just had this kind of whimsical idea of, you know what, I want to go to India and I want to dance and choreograph and learn how they do it in the movies. Um, so I kind of, I bought a one-way ticket um, and went mm -hmm. to India and had no connections. None of my family is in the entertainment industry in India. Um, we have a family of kind of engineers, doctors, very, you know, typical Indian families. Um, and so I'm a little bit of a outlier on that end um, of wanting to pursue some more stuff in terms of entertainment and dance. Um, but I went to India and it was really just to kind of see what this was all about. Um, I had some friends who wanted to put me in touch with people that worked in the film industry and in kind of in different roles. So if, uh, I think there was one person who was a uh, director or, or not director but a um, cinematographer and, and just kind of different people who worked out in the industry and and when I went there I had a chance to meet with them and talk to them and told them I wanted to pursue uh, more on the dance side um, and found out that although they were great people and did amazing work that all these areas were very very different and so that they were great connections for me to have, but they weren't necessarily going to be able to help me in terms of what I wanted to do dance related when I was there. Um, but it was also very interesting because the the perception um, I from my own family members, even in India, um, I think they everyone kind of questioned on what I was doing, why I was leaving a great job um, to go out and do something and dance in India. And I didn't really know a lot about the industry before I, before I went to India. Um, so a lot of it was just learning day by day. Um, but it was really interesting in terms of just the perception. Um, and it wasn't considered necessarily something that was, you know, well represented. Um, and so I, I struggled with that, I think a little bit with, in, in terms of, um, extended family members kind of questioning my decision to be out there and um, and you know my my parents left India to come and raise us here and now I was going back and wanting to kind of be a part of the um, the culture and, and everything in India so I think some of them struggled with me making that decision uh, that, that that's a very beautiful story uh, Seema, I'm, I'm curious and I think you've You've started to touch on this a little bit. Um, I, I really am interested in knowing, you know, as you were going through the experience of working in Bollywood industry, which again, to just tie back to our topic, which is gig economy, you know, you were in a setup where you were almost contracting independently with, you know, maybe a bunch of different production houses and, you know, um, 
it was all project based. It was not that, you know, you were full time employed with, you know, one production house and you were getting paid on a regular basis, just like we do in a corporate life. Uh, but like going through that setup of independent contracting in, in an in- entertainment industry, what were the big you know, challenges and what were the big benefits? I think you spoke about one challenge, which was, of course, more like family and like perception oriented. Uh, but otherwise, like outside of that, like what are some of the other challenges and benefits of that model that that you took away, like as a learning from that experience? So I think so some of the I'll, I'll kind of go a little bit, take a step back in, in terms of how I, I kind of got connected into the industry mm-hmm. uh, and then can touch on a little bit more of the benefits and the challenges. But um, I had met somebody when I was living in, I had moved and was living in, in Bombay or Mumbai um, and uh, found an apartment and was sharing with another, someone else who was also working as an actress um, out there as well. And uh, we would go to the gym and I met a choreographer or he was a choreographer and dancer in the industry and I had met him and he had, um, he had said, well, why don't you come and help me teach? while you're trying to figure this out um, because I didn't really know how things worked out there and so I was I was helping him teach classes and then he said there is this project that I am working on um, you should come and audition for it and I didn't had no idea what it was um, and so I went to the audition or it was it was a rehearsal it was an audition for me for everyone else it was a rehearsal mm-hmm. um, what I quickly found out is that once you're in the network you're in it um, mm. And so it was a it was an audition because I was new. I didn't know anyone in terms of the dance community out there, um, and so I, you know, was coming into this rehearsal, and it was a very big project um, in India for a movie, and quickly realized that it was all about networking mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I had done that project, I had met a lot more dancers. Um, and quickly realized that projects came through the people that had met along the way. Mm -hmm. So the more projects I did, the more people I met, the more work I got. Mm. Um, And so I felt like that was a big, the the benefit um, was kind of creating a strong network of people and meeting Mm -hmm. um, people through there. And that could almost in my mind like serve as a benefit or a challenge depending on where you're at in the maturity of your network right right yeah. oh definitely like, i think if you is... don't know anybody it's the biggest challenge but if you know a lot of people then it's a benefit yeah yeah and i think i got really and that's why i think i got really and i say lucky um that i got that first project that i went on and mm-hmm. i met and you know it's kind of the um, the sequence of events that happened because I could have very well never met this guy, could have never gone and you know helped him teach, never had this opportunity to audition for this movie, um, met all these other people and got all these other opportunities. So, but there is definitely a a challenge because it is a very closely knit community mm. as well, and so I feel like there there's a benefit to it, but there's also kind of a, there is a little bit of a, a challenge mm. as well. Did you ever feel like not having, um, you know, a very secure source of income was like, you know, created any sort of like doubts in your mind in that model or like, you know, did you did you feel insecure? Like I, I am a full time employee, like working for a company and I know like what kind of security that gives me like and obviously in a gig economy like that security and, you know, consistency of like, you know, incoming financial like yes. amount like you know tell us a little bit about like how, how did you 
tackle that? Uh, it was scary. <laughs> it was, um, I think I kind of, again, I went on a whim and I uh, was leaving a full-time salary-based position that was very, you know, was paid well. Um, and I left to go to live in India and then to, and it was very much, you, you got paid based on the work that you did. So if you didn't work, you didn't get paid. Um, and it was it's such a different model for me that it was very scary because you didn't know what was going when it, once this project ended what was going to happen next mm-hmm. and I, I think especially in the beginning mm-hmm. it was a lot scarier because it was or there was a lot more fear mm. um, there was a lot more fear because it was okay I did I'm gonna do this project and now now it's next did you ever have a time where you didn't have any projects at all like in between or there were times where actually I would I would say no to things I actually got to a point where I would um, mm. I, I said no to a couple of projects just because I wanted a little bit of downtime because in in that schedule of like here in the US or working in a corporate world, you have a Monday to Friday fairly normal schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, within the, with the dance stuff, it was a, you could be working seven days a week um, and kind of working different hours. And, um, and so sometimes it was almost where I want a day off or two days off or a couple days off or, you know, kind of getting to a point where you're um, maybe trying to select which projects you want to work on. Um, I did notice that a lot of people, because of the, it is a network, that people will try to get people committed to projects um, before things are finalized. So mm-hmm. I also had to be very careful about saying yes to one project and saying no to another project um, in fear that maybe that first project that I said yes to wasn't going to actually come to fruition. Like it wasn't actually gonna happen. Um, they were still in the works and trying to figure out details. And so you had to be very careful about you know, people would say, oh, yeah, you want to come and do this. And so asking a lot of questions and not committing to anything until it was like a done deal. So you talked about a couple of things now. One is the schedule. It's not a nine to five, Monday to Friday. Uh, you also talked about saying no. Um, and then third, you talked about the uncertainty of, you know, certain projects actually coming through before they were you know, a reality. I want to touch upon all of them a little bit. Uh, first, the schedule. Uh, how, how did you think about that? Like, I, I can totally imagine, like, if I have to, you know, well, let me ask you, how, how did you think about that? Like, did you like that you had the flexibility of, like, picking up work when you wanted to versus, like, knowing only Saturdays, Sundays are your downtime, right? Like, or, or like, you, how did you perceive that, like unknown of what the schedule is going to be and not knowing that it's Monday to Friday, like nine to five job. Yeah, I think I, I think with I think personal, my personality, I like the, the that it changes. I like not having the the, the routine um, <laughs> where things change. And, and so it allowed me to do different things because certain days where my mornings were free and I could go and, you know, and spend time. I could go visit family or I could go and go get a workout or go do, you know, other things, um, kind of see the city. Um, so I could spend time doing that. And then, you know, if you're working afternoon until late night, so there's, there were, I I like the, the variances in the schedule. Hmm. I actually enjoyed it. And and it's interesting you say that and I've run, you know, read a bunch of different articles on this as well. Like it's almost that 
gig economy is going to require a very different set of muscle. Um, and in this case, it sounds like, you know, the muscle is that people have to be like open to change and like being able to adapt to that variance like very regularly. So um, that's pretty fascinating to hear that you enjoy it. Like I, I'm personally someone who might not always enjoy it in all aspects. Like there are some things that I actually love being routine because then I don't know, I don't have to think about it. Like driving a car from my home to work, like I don't think about it. Like I know exactly which exit to take, like where to take left. And I actually feel like I don't want to think about those things yeah. <laughs> and it should just be routine. Like it's no, no value addition in my head. Um, so it's interesting to hear, you know, that from your perspective, you actually enjoyed and thrived on that change and variation. That's pretty cool. I, uh, I did enjoy it. So I, I really enjoyed So there's two parts of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's the, the uncertainty of whether or not you're going to have um, like what your next project is going to be. Mm-hmm. That uncertainty sometimes always didn't wasn't great to have, right? So if too, day, too many days go on without... Um, so I didn't always love that uncertainty, which I think kind of feeds into this kind of like the gig economy, right? Because you don't necessarily know. So that also takes a little bit of a muscle of being able to adapt to that, like knowing that once I finish this, if something doesn't come or it might be a different timeline of you might have to wait a week or two weeks for something to come through. Um, but then there's also the variances in the day and the uncertainty in the day. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of the two pieces. So I, the first piece, I would say, I, you know, I had, to, it was a hard adjustment to get, to get used to that. The second piece I loved, the second piece of like the changes in the day and the schedule and I could figure out my schedule and um, that piece I loved. Nice. Awesome. Um, So the second piece you talked about was you said no to a few projects. Walk us through that thought process a little bit. Like, how did you make the decision to say no to something, like especially when you have the uncertainty of potentially having a gap between two different projects, right? Like, how, how did you go about making those decisions? Like, what did you weigh in your mind? Um, so I there was a couple of things, I think, and that probably happened the longer I was out there. I think mm-hmm. when I first went out there, it was probably said yes to most projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was later on. Um, there were a couple of things where I started to just get more of an idea of how things worked. Um, so it was saying no because if I didn't think that something was actually going to be uh, was going to follow through they were going to actually follow through on the project so just saying no up front mm-hmm. not kind of that uh, wasn't interested um, if there was something else kind of on the horizon as well that would might be a, um, have a, a bigger impact of a project um, mm-hmm. so it's kind of weighing those also the people who are working in the project and um, if I was going to be working with someone who I'd worked with before, um, if they had a project, um, that kind of took precedence over maybe someone that was totally brand new that I hadn't worked with before. So I was weighing a lot of different um, different options and kind of looking at the entire project as a whole versus just, yeah. And sometimes it was just, I need a break. Sometimes it was just <laughs> saying no, because I, I, I just needed a break in the schedule and and, and that was the, the reason. And, and I think our listeners don't know this, but, you know, you, you do a really good job of, you know, balancing out, like, working really, really, really hard, but then also, like, taking a break and saying, like, you know, I need this downtime for myself and, like, I need to focus on myself and I, I really value and appreciate that. And it looks like you've been doing that 
forever, like even from your days in Bollywood. So that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, the, the last kind of angle of saying no, how did you manage to, you know, like balance, like saying no, especially to that close knit community and network, right? Like sometimes that concept of trust creeps mm-hmm. in and it's really hard to say no to someone who might be like your, your close friend or a trusted colleague, like, you know, especially when a lot of work like just relies on that network. Like if you were to say no, like, did you ever fear like getting in their bad books? Yeah. You know? No, that is actually a really good point. And I think that crosses over to anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like not, I mean, definitely, um, when I was in India, um, because it is such a small community and everyone ends up knowing each other. Mm -hmm. Um, what I would do is I would try to figure out, I'll also give other options. Um, so if I couldn't necessarily work on their project, but can I, um, is there someone else who, oh, I just worked with so-and-so and they said that they were going to be free. Can I suggest someone else um, who might be available? So there's there were different things in terms of like, I think maintaining the relationship, um, you know, it's like finding mm-hmm. that balance of being able to say no, but being able to also maintain the relationship. So it's, it's a tricky and it's a fine line sometimes, but... Um, but I think also for people, I think understand, and I think the way things work there, there's always, there's so much movement in terms of the projects and things that are happening that, um, I think there's a little bit of a understood and as well over there. Um, Seema, tell us a little bit about like after you spend your time in Bollywood, uh, and I think it was about year, year and a half, I believe, mm-hmm. um, year, year. walk us through your journey from there. So how did that journey look like? So I came back, um, so I spent about a year um, in India and then I came kind of came back to the US. We had done a a tour, uh, one of those Bollywood tours and then I stayed back in the US. um, And I went back to consulting uh, when I came back. And I remember it was a- What prompted you to do that? Like what prompted you to go from Bollywood, more contractor to like corporate, consulting role? I think when I was here, because it was it was part comfort, um, mm-hmm. and I also realized that consulting is also something that I really enjoyed in terms of like it's very project-based. The dance stuff was also very project-based. Like there's so many similarities between the way that projects work and, um, and that there is a start and an end point. Um, and there's a lot of kind of figuring things out. There's, especially when you're on a new project or consulting project, there's a lot of um, creating that happens. And that's also very similar to in a very, it's a difference in a different skill set, but it's also creative in a way as well. And I think that kind of parallels in terms of, I think the all the dancing. Um, but I, yeah, so I came back, I got back into consulting, um, but continue dancing um, and have kind of always, that's always been a part of my life. And um, I kind of feel like I lead these two two double lives sometimes, <laughs> um, based on the amount of time I spend between the two. Uh, but uh, came back and was dancing and kind of continued choreographing. Um, and it's interesting because there's so many parallels that I think you can draw between the two in terms of like um, whether it's the project-based work, like working with different teams, starting building relationships. Um, all of that work, I think, kind of is very similar across across Good the two. Mm-hmm. And for um, how long did you consult before you made a decision to quit corporate life? 
Um, oh gosh, that was it was multiple years. M- multiple years. Yes. Okay. okay. I don't know. I don't, and, off the top of my head, I wouldn't. I can't give you a quick number, but it was multiple years, and then yeah. I finally it was. Um, you know, things line up. I think in a way that um, it's kind of meant to happen, mm-hmm. right? And I think that I was kind of leaning towards. I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to um, have more of a flexible schedule, mm-hmm. um, kind of figuring out what I like and what I don't like um, doing in terms of work. Um, and sometimes you have to do the things that you don't like to realize that you don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was kind of that figuring out that I want to have more of this kind of flexible schedule, but I still want to be connected because I still really like doing the consulting work. And I love like creating good and kind of executing on projects and all of that stuff that I really enjoy doing, but finding it and being able to do it in a much more manageable way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting you say that. And, and actually, this is exactly why I was, you know, very interested in learning about your journey is, you know, if we think about the your your role or, you know, your experience with Bollywood, and then like coming back to corporate where granted there are like huge amount of parallels between like working in a uh, sort of a gig economy setup style to like corporate style like consulting and gig economy have a lot of parallels like the key distinction between those two are like two things one is like you don't always have like the flexibility that you want right like you still have commitment to a certain extent to the company and you have to make sure you follow through Uh, and the second is um, that you know all of the onus of the final outcome is not just yours right like you're kind of sharing it with the company the company chips in and that's kind of the key distinction in my understanding of, you know, what gig economy is versus like working for even a consulting corporate life. Right. Um, so what I'm really interested in is like, you know, you went from the whole experience of Bollywood, which yeah. was like very gig economy setup style to corporate and like now back into the gig economy setup where, you know, you're contracting uh, while like pursuing your education. And obviously, like you've been dancing all along. Like, how did that like 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 emotional decision happen? Like, it sounds like it was primarily driven by the flexibility that you wanted, uh, but were, were there other factors that you considered there? Yeah, I think it's it was trying to figure out how do I bring all these things that I want to do in my life together. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I look at it's it's kind of weaving all of those pieces and. Um, so I feel like it was, it took a long time because it's hard. It's harder to make that decision and being able to say, no, this is not going to work for me or say no to like kind of just the, the, the nine to five, I'll, I'll use nine to five. I know most people don't work nine to five yeah, anymore, but no more reality <laughs> Monday through Friday, nine to five and kind of that, that typical schedule. I feel like that, um, I, I do like the changes and I yeah. like having that more of the, the flexibility and being able to like if one thing is if I need to put more time to one mm-hmm. thing then I have the option to be able to do that yeah. um, and so I feel like that has kind of been more of why I've kind of navigated towards this yeah. is to be able to how do I fit it all in yeah. because there's a lot of things I, I love doing um, and being able to kind of, but also find balance with it. Um, there's actually a recent study by Intuit, which has predicted that by 2020, 40% of American workers would actually be independent contractors mm-hmm. or 
wanting to engage with companies in a more flexible way, essentially. So you're spot on like that shift is coming and companies have already started to think about how to make that happen so that it's a win-win for both like themselves as an employer, but then also the employees that they're actually uh, engaging with. So I can totally see that. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of flexing my muscles a little bit in that yeah. direction by running this podcast. It doesn't pay at all for those who don't know. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Thank you so much, Seema. You have such an enriching background experience that it's always so much fun to talk to you about. This is, it was so much fun. Thank you for having me.